shall you pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are ever-present help in times of trouble. We thank you that because you have said, we can also see that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have not given up on us. We thank you that you qualify us to see another day. We thank you that you live the night and night just because of us. We thank you that you look at us through eyes of love for what would have been a hopeless case, an empty place, if not for your love. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God for yet another opportunity to have a discussion with God through the pages of Scripture. And tonight, we are drawing the curtains down to our series we have been doing for the past two weeks titled, Get Up and Finish It. Get Up and Finish It. And we believe that God is really encouraging us, even as we are in the ninth month of the year. God is encouraging us. God is letting us know that every word that he has given to us, there's a season where we can accomplish that word. And God is letting you know the word he gave you for 2022, the word is for 2022. It's not for a carry forward. So God is not expecting us that what he has for us to do in the year, we will take it to the next year. So God wants to encourage all of us that pick up your book, pick up wherever you wrote the vision that God gave you for the year. I really want to encourage you. I know sometimes we can easily forget and sometimes you can maybe write about four things or five things. Sometimes you can be focusing on three or two and lose sight of the one. But then God is saying that if I give you five things, if I laid upon your heart five things, that is what we must accomplish. And secondly, too, for some of us too, we have halted and we have paused on the vision because of the frustration, the delays, the denials, the rejections that have come our way, the planned events. Our God is letting us know that the one who begins a good work, he brings it to an end and he declares the end from the beginning. And that's what we want to encourage ourselves. And we started by looking at the fact that God wants us to finish every project. God is not a one who does uncompleted builds or uncompleted projects. And that was the first episode. Then last week we perused on the obstacles that prevent us from, from building. And we looked at how the enemies of the Jews tried to weaken the hands of the Jews from building. And we look at the various arsenals or the various weaponry that the, that the enemy deploys against us. So he wants to instill fear. He wants to discourage and frustrate us. He used the arsenal of frustration, the arsenal of accusation, of lies. And he wants to bring up our against us. And we learn that people come as wolves but in sheep clothing. So many times people have very good ideas. But their intentions and their agenda behind it is very evil. And these are always that we get frustrated. Sometimes you may be starting a project and, and you want to join associations or partners with somebody. And the person may be saying the right words and be providing all the right solution. But sometimes the person may not have the right idea or the right motive for joining. So we look at how the fact that the enemies initially came to the Jews and claimed that they also worshipped the God of heaven. And they wanted to help in building the the temple but thank god for the discerning of the leaders of the jews they were able to tell that these people had nothing to do with them so tonight we have looked at the obstacles that come the frustration that comes the giants that come the issue is what are the arsenals what are the tools that god has given to us or that we are supposed to deploy to be able to be victorious over the frustrations against our vision so we know that lies will tell lies we know that there will be accusations we know that there will be fear there will be discouragement so how do we overcome? How do we ensure that we overcome? So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul gives us an insight into our weapons. He says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. We just look at the verse 4. So Paul is letting us appreciate that there is a warfare that we are in. And under our series, um, Fight, Run, and Keep, we talked about the fact that life is a warfare and we must appreciate the battle season of life. And that life is either you are entering into one battle or you are in one battle or you are just living a battle. And Paul is saying that we have weapons we fight in this warfare. 
but the interesting thing is that they are not carnal. And this is very important. We are looking at the arsenal, the tools to overcome the giants and our Goliaths. And Paul is saying that our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are not things that pertain to the flesh. So we do not use the same tools the devil used to frustrate us. And last week, we looked at the things that the devil used to stall or to halt our building. We looked at fear. We looked at discouragement. We looked at frustration. We looked at accusations and lies. We looked at him bringing up our past. We looked at force and compelling things to our building to hold. We look at him manipulating authority. And Paul is letting us know that we as believers, these are not the weaponry we also use. So if you are on a project or you are seeking a particular promotion or a particular something, do not use the devil's arsenals. So Paul is saying that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are not things that pertain to the flesh, like lies, like manipulations. That is why you must not man, you must not be a manipulative person. Many a times, many of us want something at work, maybe a promotion or an offer. And we think that the only way we can get the offer is to bring somebody down or to find a way of removing the person from that position. And many of us are deploying the arsenals of manipulation. You look at sometimes a very common thing that people do, especially ladies, if they want to hold a guy down, they want to use the, the weaponry of letting him impregnate her. Some of them, it may not be true. But Paul is saying that in order to win the battles of life, we do not use carnal things. We do not deceive people. We do not blackmail people. We do not accuse people. We do not lie on people. We do not frustrate them. We do not discourage them. These are traits of the carnal man. And the first thing that we need to appreciate is that these are not the weapons we use in our warfare. These are not the things we use. These are not the things we use. It's so sad to see how desperate we can become for some things. You should see the things we are willing to do and we do for a green card or for, for visa or for an opportunity to be in another man's country. We do things that I'm sure 10 years ago, when we were young, we would never imagine that we would do some things. But Paul and the word of God is encouraging us that there are battles we are going to face. But what we need to appreciate is that our weapons are not carnal. Nonetheless, they are effective. So he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Do not underestimate the weapons that we are coming to learn tonight. Because many a times we, we, we despise the weapon of kindness. We despise the weapon of goodness. We think that the only way we can get our things is to always go the back door, is always to break the protocol, always to break the process. We think that kindness does not matter. We think that the weapons of our warfare that God has given to us, they are ineffective. But Paul is letting us know that they are mighty. Love is a mighty weapon. Kindness is a mighty weapon. Generosity is a mighty weapon. So Paul is saying that they are not, they are, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of things. So what makes kindness mighty is not just the acts per se, but that these acts are in obedience to the word of God. So they are mighty through God to the pulling down of things. They are mighty because they are things that from God. There are things that cause God to act on our behalf. There are things that invoke the principles that God has laid down in battle. So you look at the scenario between David and Goliath. There was a weapon that David used even though it was a stone and a sling. But that stone and the sling was mighty because it came from God. So you remember as David was approaching Goliath he said that you come with me with spears and a sword but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. So David was engaging his weapon, and by that, the weapon became mighty. So it was not the stone that killed David. It was the hand of God that killed David. It is not your kindness. It is not your goodness. It is not the weapons we'll be discussing per se that would bring victory, but the fact that they engage or they compel God to act on our behalf. So the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of struggles, the casting down of imagination, and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. 
if the reality of God for your life is to accomplish this project, everything that wants to go against it, the weapons that God is unleashing to us tonight is mighty. Do not underestimate the weapons that God has given to us. So we want to go back to Ezra chapter 4, our case study for get up and finish it. And last week we ended on Ezra chapter 4, the verse 23 and 24. So let's just look at it again. As soon as the copy of the letter of the king of Artaxerxes was read to Rehum and Shimsha, the secretary and the associates, they went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and they compelled them by force to stop. Thus, the work, thus the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of the king of Darius, the king of Persia. And the work on the house of the Lord in Jerusalem came to a standstill. Many of us may not seize it because of what is going on, especially in terms of our economy, because of our currency, in terms of whatever is happening globally in your country. Things have come to a standstill. Some of us, we have been faced with several attacks. We have been saved with frustration, with delays, with closed doors. And the project has come to a standstill. But that is why God has come to us this night with a word of encouragement. And he said that the work of God which has come still, we would finish it in the year 2022. So now let's look at how we deploy our arsenals in victory. So it's interesting that, so this is the chapter 4, the last verse. Then we go to chapter 5, the verse 1. And I like the beginning. Now it says, so Ezra chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now Haggai the prophet and Zachariah the prophet a descendant of Edo prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Now, the work of God has come to a standstill and I have seen how it resumed its way, how we can resume and finish that project. And it's interesting that the next thing that we see is about prophets being engaged. I want to talk about spiritual gifts. Because prophecy is a spiritual gift. Of course, these ones were who operated in the office of the prophets. But the reason why this is very important is because many of us, we, you see, one day at church, we were, we were having a discussion and we were talking about um, encountering God, about the acts of God in the lives of people. And one lady was like, ah, why don't we talk about these things very often in church? And I was like, it's a very good point. But you see, many of us, because of the cares of life, Imagine going to a church on a Sunday and the pastor comes to preach about design, spiritual gifts, word of knowledge, and word of wisdom. Many people are more interested in these things. What they want is a word from the Lord on their finance, on their health, on their on their marriage, on one thing or another. People are just eager for their problems to be solved, forgetting that spiritual gifts are our advantage in this life. We forget that the supernatural is one advantage that God has given to us to overcome the world, to overcome every agenda of the enemy for our lives. That is why many of us were rather chasing after things, chasing after so-called words, forgetting that the spiritual, and we did a, a, a series, I think a nine-part series on spiritual gifts. So I think it was our second series we did on the podcast. You can get it back. So you realize that God was about to change the story of the people of the Jews who were building the temple. And it started with the fact that now the prophet Hagar and the prophet Zachariah, the gift of prophecy was in operation. And you must appreciate that spiritual gifts are for our advantage. Engaging the spiritual is our advantage. So the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are spiritual. And we are looking at how the spiritual engages itself or intermingles with the natural. So the thing that we must appreciate is that the spiritual is our main advantage in this life. The Holy Ghost is our advantage. Having a continuous and an active relationship with God is not a waste of time. Investing into having a vibrant relationship with God through the person of the Holy Spirit is not a waste of time. You are rather enforcing yourself with arsenals for victory. So you see that now, he guide the prophets. And Zachariah the prophet, a descendant of Edo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel, who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, and Joshua, the son of Zadok, set to work 
to build the house of God in Jerusalem. So now God is rebuilding. God is energizing them to continue their stored project. And that's what God is doing unto us. So how did everything start? It started by the two prophets. That is Haggai the prophet. And this is the Haggai who wrote the book of Haggai. And when you read the book of Haggai, it's all about, it contains the prophecy that Haggai gives to them. Where the most common verse is Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. That silver is mine, gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. So these were people who were building. And Haggai was telling them that the resources you will need to build, they would come from the Lord. Because the silver is his, the gold is his. And he said that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. Because if you remember, I think in episode one, we talked about the fact that when they had laid the foundations of the temple, the old men were crying because they realized that the old temple was more beautiful than the new temple that they were building. But he got them to prophesy and tell them that the glory of the latter temple will be greater than the glory of the former. So it all starts with the prophecy. That is why we must not despise prophecies, as Paul tells us in Thessalonians. But the issue is this, despise not prophecies. But the issue, especially with Africans, is our inability to be responsible for our own lives. So many people have destroyed their lives, destroyed their beautiful relationship, destroyed their beautiful family, because they don't know how to relate to prophecies. And our discussion on who told you our first episode, we look into this, I think the past four or so, that many people have been destroyed by prophecies. And that is why you must be the main and the major, or how we call it, senior prophet or major prophet or archbishop prophet. You must be the major prophet in your life. You must be prophesying into your life. You must be the major prophet in your life because you have the ever-abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prophecy in you. You must be the prophet of your life. You must be prophesying every day into your life. So we see the process. It starts by the prophets prophesying. And Zerubbabel and Joshua, they picked up the prophecy and they moved in response to the prophecy. And the Bible said, and they set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. You must pick up them from the word of God and move with the word of God. So our first ask now is prophecy. And prophecy simply means inspired speakings, speakings from God. And this is why you must be somebody who spends time in the presence of God. Because spending time in the presence of God is where you receive the speakings from God. So I think at the end of the year, last year, I told about alone with God. What God does during that period is that God gives you his words. And you must pick up on his words and speak them into your life and move with them. That is the words we are supposed to write down at the end of the year. So in, in, in Hebrews, the, Paul, the writer of Hebrews said that because he has said, we can also say that he will never leave me nor forsake me. Because God has said it, that is why I can also say it. So what is God saying concerning your life? These are the signals and the messages that you must hear personally for yourself and you must speak them into your life. So the first thing that they did was that there was a prophecy by the prophets. And the two leaders in charge, Zerubbabel and Joshua, they picked up or they moved in response to the prophecy. Move in response to the prophecy. And this podcast is a prophecy unto you that every stored project, God is saying that move, get up and finish it. Get up and finish it. It's a word of the Lord unto you. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. So these were prophets who were standing by the leaders. And every day as they were putting block on block, the prophets were beside them and they were prophesying that silver is mine, gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Every day they were standing there and they were prophesying that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Every day they were with them and they were prophesying as they said that thou say the Lord of hosts, ask me of things. I will do a good work. I will change stories. I will build, I will destroy misfortunes as they were building they were prophesying that the lord is my shepherd i shall not want yet though you walk to the valley of the shadow of death you will fear no evil as they were building they were prophesying that he will abide and the shadow of the almighty they shall fear no evil as they were they were prophesying that the lines are falling onto me in pleasant places as they were working they were prophesying and as you are working you must be prophesying into your life 
you must be speaking into your life. And that is why David did not relax when he was going towards Goliath. He didn't mumble it in his head. He said, you come with me with spears in your soul. But I come. David was speaking as he was running and pouncing towards Goliath. He was prophesying. At that time, Titania, the governor of Tres Ephorites and Shed Bozunia, and their associates went to them and asked them, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? Because you know that the king had given a decree that they should stop the building. So the people, as the governor and the associates went to ask him that, or ask them, the Jews, that who gave you the authority to rebuild or to continue with the building? The verse 4. They also asked, what are the names of those who are constructing this building? Verse 5. But the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews, and they were not stopped until a report could go to Darius and his written reply be received. So as they were building, then the governor, Tatinia, and Shed Bozinia came and they asked them, who is giving you permission to build? Having to see in Ghana, they would stop work, produce permits, they use some red paint. <laughs> they stop work, produce permits. But the Bible said that these people, they continue to build whilst we were waiting for a letter from the king because the eye of the Lord was over them. That is why I love the scripture that says, He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. One spiritual instructor says, if you want to know where God is, enter into trouble. Because one thing is sure, He's ever-present in trouble. So God dwells in trouble. <laughs> He's our ever-present help. And it's an issue is that you as a believer, you must be aware and you must be conscious and you must be fully persuaded about the eye of God over your life. Other than that, you will give in to fear. So the only reason why these people kept on building, kept on moving on, even though Shatiel, even though Tatinia, Shebet, Boziania were worrying them and were querying them, the only reason why they could keep on building was because they were aware that the eye of God was over them. And what made them aware? Because the prophet stood by them. The prophet Haggai and Zachariah stood by them. Zachariah was saying, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord, that the hand of Zerubbabel that laid the foundation, he also shall put the cornerstone or the capstone. As they were standing, Haggai too was prophesying. Zachariah was prophesying as they were building. So the constant prophecies made them aware of the ever-present help of God. That is why you must expose yourself to the word of God every chance you get, because it always reminds you of the eye of God over your life. And that's one of the things that this podcast seeks to do every week, is to give you the awareness that there is a God who rules and reigns in the affairs of your life. There is a God who is directing the events and the sequence of your life. There is a God who has good thoughts towards you and is orchestrating the events of your life to an expected end. So verse 10, we ask them their names so that we could write down their names of the leaders for your information. Sorry, we are in the verse 7. The report descends read as follows to King Darius, cordial greetings. The king should know that we went to the district of Judah, to the temple of the great God. So what was happening here is that the governor, Titania, and, and the head of the associate, Shethabozimia, they went to report to the king, Darius. And this is the letter that they wrote. So the king should know that we went to the district of Judah to the temple of the great God. The people are building it with large stones <laughs> and placing the timbers in the walls. The work is being carried out with diligence and is making rapid progress under their direction. Hey, see the way governor and the head associate is giving direction that these people were doing a rapid work with diligence. And this is another arsenal that we need. We need to work with diligence. You don't need any lackadaisical and passive attitude in accomplishing the will of God for your life. And one thing, especially for us Africans, is that we don't appreciate the relevance of time in this country. So sometimes you can go to work, and sometimes, luckily for me, or fortunately for me, I always go against traffic. Sometimes I look at the traffic on the other lane, and I'm thinking that the only reason why 
we don't really see anything wrong with this is because we don't value time. And you know that for most people, if you spend such amount of time in traffic, especially with our public buses, by the time you get to work, you need at least one hour to settle down. You will go and you are all sweaty. You have fought with the bus conductor, which we call a meet. You have picked about three or four terrible cars. You have to speak. By the time you get there, you are all tired. It takes you like one hour to settle in. It reduces productivity. But we don't appreciate these things as a nation. Sometimes once more road construction they are doing, they can block a whole sector. So a road that you should spend like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you will spend an hour. And they don't really care now what they work and what are you going to do? Because many of our government sectors they don't really work at work. They just go and sit there and use whatever resource, Wi-Fi or whatever, and they come back. So the Bible says, and the work is being made at a rapid progress under their direction. Verse nine, we question the elders and ask them, who authorized you to build this temple and to finish it? We also ask them for their names so that we could write down the names of the leaders for your information. This is the answer they gave us. Hey, look at the answer they gave us, or they gave them. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, one that a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the Chaldean, the king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple. And deported their people to Babylon. We pause at verse one. So what happened here? You know that the Israelites, as they said, they misbehaved, and God sent Nebuchadnezzar to destroy them. And remember that after Nebuchadnezzar, Persia also came to take over Babylon. So that's how come Israel was under Persia because Israel was under Babylon, and Babylon was now under Persia. So you can imagine the Jews; they are servants of servants. So you can imagine how difficult for them this must have been. These are people that have been bamboozled by life. And a typical group of people right now is the Africans. In nowhere scarce to Cana, to one of the students said, "A servant of servants thou shalt be." So Babylon was a captive of Persia, and the Israelite was a captive of Babylon. So the Israelites were servants of servants. And see the way slavery has messed up the mentality of Africans. And in the same way, these Jews were. They were in the same state, and they were captives. So while they were building this thing, they were captives. This lets you know how important the role of the prophets were, because they needed constant encouragement to build. And this is the clear case of what's going on in Africa. We need constant encouragement to build, because our systems are frustrating, our continent is frustrating, and things hardly ever work. It's very difficult. But thank God for prophecy. Thank God for inspired speaking. Thank God for His word that keeps us going. And then the next thing we also learn from this is the boldness of the leaders. He said, "We are servants of the God of Heaven." Imagine that you and your baby in Ghana, and you are building something, and uh, who GRE come or whichever institution is responsible for lands and commissions or whatever. They come and ask you, "Hey." Where's your permit? And you say that <laughs> we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding this temple that was destroyed many years ago. I don't think by the time you would end your speech, and you will not be in prison. But I let you appreciate the boldness of the leaders. And this year, 2022, one of the things that God led us to pray for, and God led us to constantly pray, is boldness. As I said in another prayer talk, that boldness is almost obvious. The final step in achieving the will of God for your life, because you can. David did all the preparation in the wilderness. David did all the singing of hymns. David passed the test of faithfulness. He passed the test of loneliness. He passed the various tests in the wilderness. But if David had chickened out in front of Goliath, all the preparations he did would have been a waste. So it's not that sometimes we are not ready. It's not that sometimes we are not prepared. But many of us are very timid people. Many of us are full of cowardice, so we are unable to march forward. Because genuinely, as Africans, we like to save face, as we would say. We are really, really concerned about being a people pleaser. So we are unable to be bold enough to take the right steps. And many decisions that you have to take, you will need boldness. There are many ladies that they are not bold enough to break up from a relationship they know is not helping them because they are afraid. That if they should break it off, they won't get somebody early enough for them to meet that time that they want to get married. 
So many ladies are dating people that they really do not want to marry. But just because they don't see another guy coming, they are not bold enough to say, Charlie, it's not working. Boldness. The last step in inheriting the promise. So I read on, I think I'm in the, the verse 12 now. So verse 13, however, in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God, and he removed from the temple of Babylon the gold, the silver, the articles of the house of God, the book and had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and brought it to the temple in Babylon. Then King Cyrus gave them a man named Shitzbazaz, who was appointed governor, and he told them, take these articles and go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem and rebuild the house of God on its site. So Shishabaza came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. From the day, from that day to its presence, it has been under construction, but it is not yet finished. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be made in the royal archives of Babylon to see if King Cyrus did in fact issue a decree to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem. Then the king, then let the king send us his decision in this matter. Fantastic. So you should see another arsenal that the leaders of the Jews, particularly Hagar the prophet, Zachariah the prophet, Zerubbabel and Joshua. These were the four people. What it tells you is that these people were not ignorant people. Now, if you remember, one of the things that the enemies of the Jews used against them was their past. So the, 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 the enemies went to tell King Darius that Charlie, these people, they were a rebellious people. If you allow them to rebuild their walls and their temples, they won't pay tax. And it's interesting that these people deployed the same strategy. They said, you to go and look in your archives, your father, King Cyrus, gave the governor Shias Baza the right to rebuild the temple and up to now he has still rebuilding the temple not finished. These people were knowledgeable. They were not ignorant. They did not just rely on the supernatural. They did their homework. They did their homework. So they told the king, King, go and check in your archives. Your father gave that decree. And if these were people that did not pay attention to details and that were no studious people, that were ignorant people, they would have missed it up. So it's a technical battle now. It's like being in the court. It's now a legal case. Bring your evidence, I bring my evidence. And this tells you the attitude of the leaders of the Jews. Unfortunately for many believers, we are unable to balance the spiritual versus our contribution in achieving our vision or the vision of God for our lives. So it's like a musician that relies solely on his talent without making the investment of time into practice and polishing his skills into making the investment of studying and improving himself. And just think that because he had been anointed with a good voice, he would excel. So even though these people were prophets, they didn't go and stand before the king and say, Thou sayest the king, or thou sayest the Lord unto king, let me build. But they deployed the strategy that go and check in the archives. These were knowledgeable people. And this is why you must be a knowledgeable person. You must be knowledgeable in economics. You must be knowledgeable in health. You must be knowledgeable in architecture. You must be a reader. You must be somebody who has information. And you must value information. The church was built on knowledge. The church was built on knowledge. And many people, especially now, and especially the charismatics, they don't appreciate the importance of knowledge. But go back into church history, and you realize that many of the church fathers were knowledgeable people, were scientists, were physicists, were biologists, these were who were exploring the creation of God. Because Hebrews says that even the invisible nature of God is known through his creation. So by exploring creation and by exploring what God has created, you are exploring, you are getting to know more about God. And studying the universe, studying science, studying agriculture, studying architecture, you are exploring the things that God has made available to you. And that is why you must be a learner, you must be a reader. You must be somebody who must be well informed because it is an arsenal for you, for it to be an arsenal for you in dealing with certain battles. It's an arsenal for you. That is why in Ghana, many people can build things and before they realize that government can pull it down because these people did not pay due diligence in doing the right thing. They didn't know exactly what to do. Some of them may know, but they wanted to play smart. But some of them are just purely ignorant. And sometimes at work, I can I can listen to discussions um, elder colleagues are having. I'm like, oh, it's not just enough to go to school and have a certificate. There's a certain 
prudence and understanding that school a certificate will not teach you but the exposure to books the exposure to traveling the exposure to to relating with people and the spirit of god indwelling in you gives you understanding that's what job says that is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty it brings together all these bits and pieces of information and it gives you what you call prudence so they told the king that he should go and check now we go to the chapter 6 verse 1 king darius then issued an order and they searched in the archives stored in the treasury of babylon a scroll was found in the citadel of ecbatana the providence of media and this was written on it a memorandum in the first year of the king of cyrus the king issued a decree concerning the temple of god in jerusalem let the temple be built as a place to present sacrifices and let its foundation be laid to be 60 cubits high and 60 cubits wide with three courts of large stones and one one of timbers the cost are to be paid by the royal treasury also the gold and the silver articles of the house of god which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought it to Babylon are to be returned to their places in the temple of Jerusalem they are to be disposed that to be deposited in the house of god and now Titania the government of Transiphrates and Shedbazonia and your officials and you and you other officials of the province stay away from there do not interfere with the work of this temple of god let the governor of the jews and the jewish elders rebuild this house of god on its site one thing i loved about what i just read is the importance of documentation and the only reason why the jews were able to prevail the what convinced dairos was that they found a record a memorandum in the citadel of Ecbatania that convinced Darius that indeed his father Cyrus was going to build. This one is not necessarily part of the arsenals, but it's just a reminder on the need for documenting your dealings with God. I've said this and I keep saying it. You must have a document of your dealings with God and your dealings in this life. I'm not saying keep a diary and go right this morning I woke up at five o'clock. I brushed my teeth with perfumes. No, no, no. But if you know that your life is worth something, write your dealings with people, write your dealings with God, write the lessons that the university of God that you are going through in your lessons. Because the power of documents and I always say and I said it there that time that the only reason why we can be talking so much about God is because Papa Moses decided to write his journey in the wilderness or God told Moses and Moses will be imagine David did not document his Psalms imagine Paul did not document his letters that is why we don't know much about Andrews we don't know much about Bartholomew because maybe they never wrote much the importance of documentation and if you believe that your life will be an inspiration to people if you believe that God is taking you somewhere in this life if you believe that indeed the thoughts that God has for you is going to be mind blowing and your end is the glory of God begin to write down important things in your life begin to write down the things that God leads upon your heart begin to write down your dealings with God in this life things you pick up from people write them down because one day <laughs> a king Darius would see that hey my father was building a temple let me continue to build and this, this is one thing that i noticed in many african fathers sometimes you listen to me from africa Your father may have many properties or may have a number of properties that you may never know. Even when he dies, you won't even know because your father did not tell anybody. And I remember when they are at work, having these discussions. Like, actually, most men, they know if they should tell their wives that I have a land at this place, I have a land at that place. Their wife will convince them to chop their money. But unfortunately, they didn't know they were going to die. <laughs> so many people died only lands and properties that their children cannot enjoy. So please tell your children, okay? <laughs> When you have properties, don't be scared that they would force you to go and sell it and blow the money. If that happens, then sorry for you. But these are very important things to have records of your life, to have records of your dealings with God. It just lets God know that you are serious on the lessons, or you are taking seriousness with the lessons, or you are being serious rather with the lessons He's teaching you in life. It's like being in the classroom, going for a two-hour lecture, and you are not writing anything. You are just looking into your lecture's face. The lecture got a lot of serious, but as you write down. So God deals with you with patience, with kindness. You note down those significant events in your life. You note down times you perceive 
that a person you met was an angel. You see, the Bible said, do not be afraid to entertain strangers, for by so doing, you will entertain angels. So by so doing, people have entertained angels on our earth. I want to ask you personally, which season in your life do you think that you met somebody who was an angel? I don't think many of us can have much to say because many of us are not discerning. Many of us, we are not being conscious of our life. Many of us, we are not being active of our life. We are not noticing things. And you are not even documenting them because I'm sure that you must have encountered an angel or you have encountered an angel before. Maybe in the bus, maybe on the road, maybe in school. And you just and you should notice that there's something unusual about this person. Like the widow who saw the man of God, Elisha, and said, no, this guy, there's something unusual about him. Come, come and stay in my house. And you must be that kind of person. So let's see what happened in the verse. Um, so verse 7. So Darius says, do not interfere with the work on this temple. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish leaders rebuild this house of God on site. Moreover, I decree that... I decree what you are to do to these elders in, in Moreover, I hereby decree what you are to do for these elders of the Jews in the construction of this house of God. Their expenses are to be fully paid out for. The royal paid out for paid out of the royal treasury from the revenues of transfigurators, so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs, or burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil, as requested by the priest in Jerusalem, must be provided on the daily without failure, so that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the God of heaven and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. Furthermore, I decree that if anybody defies this edict, a bomb of a beam is to be pulled from their house and they are to be impelled on it. And for this crime, their houses are to be made a pile of rumble. May God, who has caused his name to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who lifts up a hand to change this decree or to destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, Darius, decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence. This is what we call the workings of God. So if you look at it, if the enemies of the Jews had known, they would have interfered with the Israelites. Because by interfering, even though it stalled the way, it later on made the king Darius away and the king rather provided for them. So if the enemies of Jews had not even involved King Darius at the beginning, they would have used their own resources. But because of the involvement of the enemies of Jews and the boldness of the leaders, now the king is rather providing for them. This is how God uses what people mean for evil to bring us our good. This is why you must let God, you must use the weapons that God has given to you. Because that means that he makes the wicked gather money or gather treasures just for the righteous to enjoy. So people are laboring, but they are laboring for you to enjoy. People are going to build houses that they will not sleep in, but that you would sleep in. People are going to build vineyards, plant gardens that they will not enjoy the wine of thereof, but you will go in and enjoy it. That's how God takes care of us. And that's how God is going to cause us to finish every project that he has laid upon your heart. So every project that has stored, God is letting us know that I'm going to provide the resources for us. I'm going to use those who are supposed to be against you to provide for you. Verse 13. Then because of the decree the king Darius sent, Tatania, the governor of Trans-Ephorites, and Shethsabu and Shethsabuzinia, and their associates carried out it with all diligence. And the verse I love them was verse 14. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preachings and other remnants prophesies. So under the preachings of Haggai the prophet, and Zachariah, a descendant of Edo, they finished building the temple according to one, the command of God of Israel, two, the decree of Cyrus, three, the decree of Cyrus, three, Darius, and Artaxerxes, the kings of Persia. What a wonderful scenario, a wonderful story, a wonderful reality, a wonderful dealings of God in the affairs of men. And they continue to build and they prosper. Your prosperity is tied to you continue to do what God has asked you to do in the year 2022. And they continued 
And they continued. And they continued. Why have you stopped praying as God had led you to pray at the beginning of the year? Why have you stopped doing the reading? Why have you stopped doing the evangelism? The Bible and they continued to build. And they continued to build and they prospered. And they did it under the prophet signs or under the preachings of Haggai the prophet and Zachariah the son of Hebrew. And these are the three things that God wants us to do. He wants you to continue to work at that vision. He wants you to continue to build towards that vision. He wants you to continue to work towards that goal. Even as you do it under the guidance of the prophet signs of God. That is why I always say that spending time with God each day is the most important activity of the day. Because it is during that time you exchange your weakness or you give God your weakness and you take his strength. You give God your fear and he gives you his faith. You give God your doubts and he gives you his peace. You give God your confusion, your foolishness, and God gives you his wisdom. So as these people were building under the teachings or the prophesies of the prophets, God was giving them instructions. And may God continue to give us instruction even as we build. Even as we build. And it's interesting that it says that there were four people that were involved. One, a command from God. Two, it was Cyrus who decreed it. Darius and Atazephus, the kings of Persia, also decreed it. This tells us the importance of authority in our dealings on this earth. Even if God had decreed it or commanded it, if Cyrus, Darius, and Atazephus did not comply with the decrees of God, there is no way that the Jews would have built it. If Cyrus had complied and Darius did not, because Cyrus died and Darius later came over, if Darius did not take heed to what Cyrus had read, the memo that Cyrus has done, it would not have happened. And if Atazexus too. So you remember that these four people, aside God, needed to come in play to the realization of the building. This tells us the importance of people of authority in our life. It's something that you cannot run away from. There are certain people a spiritual disaster calls the important people in your life that you cannot run away from. And may you be humble enough to appreciate the role of Cyrus, Darius, and Atazexus in our life. May we not fight them. May we not be angry at them. May we not be too proud to flow. And may we not despise these people in our life. And even as we bring this, this particular series to an end, God is encouraging us that 2022 has brought in many unexpected battles and fights and goliaths. But God is saying, according to this prophecy of this podcast that's coming through this podcast, continue to build and you will prosper even as you continue to soak yourself and involve yourself and submit yourself to the prophesies and the teachings of the word of God. We want to just spend some time in prayer tonight. And we're just telling God that Father, strengthen our weakness. The delayers have weakened us. The deniers have weakened us. The closed doors have weakened us. The failed expectations have weakened our arms. And we are shaking like leaves. We have stalled. We have halted the building process. But tonight, through your perfect signs, you have encouraged us, strengthen our weakened arms, strengthen our feeble arms. Just like David, he encouraged himself, Father, encourage us, Lord. We thank you for the word of encouragement. Strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. That everything that we have stopped, every project that you laid upon us, on our hearts, that we have stopped. We pray that you will continue to strengthen us. You will continue to strengthen us. You will continue to strengthen us. Even as we build and prosper. Even as we build and prosper under the prophesies of Zachariah and, and, and Hagar and the prophesies. We pray for grace that we will not take ourselves out of your voice, out of the range of your voice for our life. As long as they were prophesying, the Jews continue to build. As long as they were prophesying, the Jews continue to build. And finally, we want to pray for all the important people in our lives, the Cyruses, the Dioruses, and the Atazexes. We are praying that the one who controls the heart of a king, may we continually influence the important people in our life, the people that need to say yes or the people that need to say no in our lives. May God continue to rule their hearts, Lord. That is why the, uh, the, the, the writer say that 
the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it whatsoever he prays. Father, turn the heart of the important people in our life towards your will, towards your will, towards your will. There are certain people, if your mother or your father does not agree, does not endorse the person you want to marry, you'll be putting yourself in the wrong, in a disadvantaged situation. These are important people in your life and you are speaking to God that, Father, all the important people in my life, all the people that you have brought Asyroses, diroses, and apazexes in my life. I pray for your influence in your life. I pray that you will continually work in them both to will and to do according to your own good pleasure. I pray for the compliance of the cyrosis in my life. I pray for the compliances of the diroses in my life and the atasexes in my life. In the name of of our Lord Jesus in the ninth month of the year 2022 we are continuing to build and every vision that we wrote in January 2022 that we know is for an appointed time we are continuing to build we are continuing to work we are continuing to leave each stone one after the other in the name of our Lord Jesus and the God of heaven he will prosper us the God of heaven will turn the heart of diocese to our favor the God of heaven will make every resource available the resource to go back to school the resource to get married the resource to do every project the God of heaven will prosper you and as the prophet Hagar and Zachariah prophesied so we also prophesy into our lives that the God of heaven would prosper us the God of heaven would prosper us, the Lord of hosts would fight for us, and the supplier will continue to supply we enjoy the generosity of our Father, even as we accomplish the will of God for our lives, especially in the year 2022. Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for your encouragement, we thank you for your prophesies, and we pray that we will continue to submit ourselves to your prophesies, to your teachings, and we know that 2022 is a good year for us in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. I hope by now we are all getting up and we are picking up from every project we have abandoned. And we know that in the end, by the end of the year, we will declare of the goodness because He will crown our year with goodness, with joy, and peace. We thank you for being with us even as we have ended this series. God will be able to be a very interesting series next week. And it might be a very lengthy one about the God knows how many parts. But we are just thanking God that He continually gives us manna every day. He continually gives us His word. And He has not taken or hidden His word from us. Remember, we are still giving God. We are continuing to give God our best. And we are only no man nothing but love. See you next week.